0: The Gospel of Matthew, chapter number one, and I want to read from verses 18 to 23. And it says this, it reads this way, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a Son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. The verse that is referred to in the Gospel of Matthew here is Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, and i like to read that to you also. It says in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. And I want to read one more verse before we go into our text. Isaiah 9, 6, verse, verses 6 and 7, it says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. "...upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever." And it says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. God, through the prophet Isaiah, declared that God would give us a sign of the Redeemer, of the Messiah, and he would be born of a virgin." And as we see in Matthew, that Mary, as the angel Gabriel came to Mary, and as we spoke on Sunday, and gave a wonderful announcement that Jesus, the Son of the living God, would, would be conceived in her and would be born, that he might save his people, might save the world, might save every man, woman, and child who calls upon him, would save them from their sins. And it says in Isaiah, For unto us a child is born. God, in his mercy and grace and in his love, gave to you and I a precious, precious gift, whose name, his name, is Jesus. Meaning Emmanuel, meaning God with us. It says, Unto us a son is given. How many of you love to receive gifts? I know I love to receive gifts. And in order to, to receive a gift, somebody, someone has to give a gift, right? You can't receive a gift unless grandma or grandpa gives it uh, a gift or mom and pa give you a gift. You can't, someone gives you a gift. You cannot receive it. Can you? But the Bible says God gave you and I a gift a special, precious gift, a gift that you and I didn't deserve. You know, sometimes when you go Christmas shopping, you say, oh, I have to get something for grandma. I have to get something for grandpa. I got to get something for for mommy or daddy. Right. You got to get something. And sometimes we go shopping because we have to go shopping. We have to get gifts because we have to. We have to. We just have to. God didn't have to give us any gifts whatsoever. We were not deserving as a human race. We were not, as individuals, we were not deserving of any good thing from God, but for judgment. But God, the Bible declares, God loves us enough that he desired to give us not just any gift. He didn't give us a pair of slacks or, or shoes or he didn't give us a brand new car or anything. God chose to give us something much, much better. He gave us Jesus, his only begotten son. And so God gave out of his perfect love. It says in the Gospel of John, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe on him should, have, should not perish but have everlasting life. So the gift that God has given us is a gift of everlasting life with him, a gift that we didn't deserve, but God chose to offer to us freely. What a great gift. Why did God choose to give us a gift? Why did God choose to have Jesus come and be born of a virgin in Bethlehem? Why did God give us a gift of his son who would save us from our sins? Why? Why would he want to do that? The Bible makes it clear because he loves you enough that he cares about you. He truly cares about you. People can say they care about you, and and maybe they really do, but God says, I care about you so much that I cannot leave you without this precious gift that will bring you not just life, but much, much more. Sometimes we think, oh, Jesus came just to to, to die for my sins and now I have eternal life with him. Yes, that's wonderful and that's good and there's nothing else can come unless that happens first. But the gift of God, the gift of God in Jesus Christ brings to you and I much more in your everyday life. How does that gift affect your life today? How does that gift transform my life? How does the gift of Jesus being born in Bethlehem of a virgin, how does that gift change my life today? How does it affect me today? What does it do for me today? Hallelujah. The Bible says, cast all your care upon him because he cares for you, doesn't it? And I just want to look at Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Because that, that encompasses, there's so much there, but I want to briefly touch on that tonight. It says that his name shall be called Jesus. His name shall be called Wonderful. Wonderful. Many times in my life, as I've, as I've come to walk with the Lord and know him, I've come to places and I continue to come to places with all the, with all the study and all the things that you know about the Word of God and time in His presence, you still come to a point in my life where I say, I wonder how He did that. There's situations and circumstances in my, in our lives every day, and you say, I wonder how He did that. And if I could use one example of my brother John, can I just use a, that testimony just one more time? My brother, our brother John, He had a need for tires on his car. I'm just using this as an example, as a wonder, how how does God do anything? He had a need for tires on his car, but he really didn't have the finances to go buy new tires, so he was going to go to the place and and just have them rotate the tires so he could get a little bit more mileage out of those tires. Right? He goes to the tire place and he sits down and he's waiting for his tires to get rotated. Some man comes and sits next to him. And they started a dialogue, and the man says, what are you here for? And he says, oh, I'm here for tires. I need new tires. But I, um. The man says, well, what kind of car do you have? He says, well, he tells him what kind of car he has. He says, you know what? He says, I got the exact, same t- the exact size tires that you need sitting in my garage, brand new. He said, if you want them, you come and get them. I'll give them to you. He said, well, how am I going to find out where you live? He said, well, you follow me. He follows the man to the man's house. He opens his garage and he gives him three new tires, exact size that fit his car. And he says, here, take them. They're yours. No charge. So he gets the tires and he goes back to the tire place, right? And he says, uh, I have tires. I like to have them mounted on my car. Fine. They mount them on his car, do all that. How much do I owe you? Nothing. Nothing. Here's a man... How does God do that? How did God do that? How did God make a man come in at the exact same time as John was there? How does he make a man come and sit down next to him, engage in a conversation, and say, hey, I've got three tires in my garage that I want to give you. It's hard for me to comprehend that, but that's the wonders of our God, how he cares for your life today. Because of Jesus being born in Bethlehem, back then, Jesus lives He lives in the lives of everyone, no matter whether you live then or you live today. If you trust Jesus and believe him, he makes things wonderful in your life. And I wonder, I can't explain it, I can't, and that's just one story I'm giving you. I can give you many more, but I'm giving you just one story recently, currently, that happened not very long ago, right, my brother? How does God do that? He's wonderful. He's wonderful. He cares about your life. As you read the scriptures and meditate on them and pause and consider, you understand that God truly does care about me. He cares about the little things in my life. I remember when I was a young Christian, and this happens today, I was, I was with some Christians in the car when we were going shopping, and I said, Lord, I said, and it was during the Christmas time. And you know, and we were living at that time, we were living in in the city, in New Jersey, in, in, in the big city out there. And I don't know, in the malls out there, when you try to find a parking space, you could drive for hours trying to find a parking space, literally. And I would say, Lord, I pray that you give me a parking space right up front by the door. And they would say, oh, come on, stop praying that. You can't bother God with little things like that. I said, why not? I said, he's a big God. He's able to do it. He cares about me. And so I'm going to ask him. And I prayed and I believed. And I'm telling you, and my wife could attest to this fact. From that day to this day, every time we go somewhere, there's a parking space right by the, am I telling the truth, right by the front door. Why do I say that? I say that because I tell you that God cares about the little things and the big things in your life. And if you dare to trust him and believe him, all things are possible for with God. And so I just say that to give glory to God, to thank him. And I wonder, how does he do that? How does he do that? I'm pulling up and somebody's pulling out right there. Everybody else is driving around like this. These are just little, small things. But I wonder, how does God do that? He's wonderful. And he is a counselor. Because we need to make choices in life. We need to make decisions in life, don't we? Every day that we wake up. If you have a business, you have business decisions to make. If you go to school, no matter what you do, every day we need to make decisions that concern our life. Decisions that concern our children, decisions that concern our grandchildren, our husbands, our wives, our brothers, our sisters. And God is always there to give us the counsel that we need. As we know, understand God's word and read it, there are some things that are very clear to us that we shouldn't, that that are good for us and not good for us. But there's other things that are not in here that we need help with and we need guidance with. And God always comes and speaks to your heart and your mind. And sometimes, many times, will speak to you through someone else whom you least expect. You know, and if we have an ear to hear, if we're believing that God is going to give me the guidance and the counsel I need, he always does. He's never failed me. Every time I've come to situations where I really needed something more that was beyond me, I needed some kind of direction. God was there to speak into my spirit and to speak into your spirit to give you the counsel and the guidance that you need. You don't need to go to someone who says, "Lay down." Do you ever see the commercial? Lay down. The lady's laying on a couch and she's pouring out her life to the lady, and the and, and the psychiatrist turns and says, uh, "What do you think about?" Uh, uh, all-weather tires or something like that. And the lady goes, oh. you don't need to pay someone who can't really give you what you need. They help. They try. They try to do good. I'm sure they mean well. But the only one that could give you the real counsel that you need for your life is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you look to him, he becomes the counselor. See, my name, my name is Alfred. Alfred means good counselor. Good counselor. But the name of Jesus is Wonderful Counselor. Much more, much greater than any counsel I or anyone else could give you is the counsel that could come to you through the word of God, through the working of the spirit of God in your life if you hear. And it says he's a mighty God. Hallelujah. He's a mighty God. He, Which means he's got power. I don't know about you, but when Jesus came into my life, he delivered me from so many things that I was unable to deliver myself from because he had the power. I didn't have it and no one else around me had it. Although I was surrounded by those who cared about me and loved me, yet they didn't have the power to do what needed to be done in my life. But God came with his power and he was able not only to deliver me, but to keep me. Hallelujah. And so there's power in God for your life power and power in 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 Christ to work in your life in such a way that he can keep you from the temptations and the snares of this life. How many of you know that that this life has powerful pulls not only on your life but on the life of your children. The world puts a lot of powerful pull on your children and on you, on your husband, on your wife pulls them in all kinds of directions that are, that are pulling away from the love and the counsel of God. But God has the power to overcome the power of that pull and just cut it so that you can stay in that place where you need to be close to God and close to one another. Your family is so precious and valuable that God has the power To keep the bonds of love strong in your household. The enemy fights hard to pull the the family apart, marriages apart, children apart. But God has the power to keep you together in a spirit of love and strength and everything else that you need. Draw from the power of God for your house and for your children and it says the everlasting father hallelujah he's daddy he's father god the bible says that the spirit our spirit should cry out abba daddy father and what does that mean that he's an everlasting father he do, he doesn't he doesn't just love you for a day or a season or a time or a week or a month he doesn't he doesn't say oh i'll be your father for a, for a weekend god is your father forever and what does a father do? A father watches over to protect, to care for, to nourish, to build up, to grow, to have fun with. How many of you know fathers have fun with their children, right? Fathers have fun with their children. You gotta have time to laugh. You gotta have time to giggle and, and, and do things that, may, that are just fun. And there's times where, where they need to be taught serious things and responsibilities. But is God any different? God wants to have fun, wants us to have fun in our walk with him. Why does Jesus say that I've come that you might have joy and that your joy may be full? Huh? Living with God, accepting the gift of Jesus Christ is not something where we just, uh, oh, serious, serious, serious all day long. Of course it's serious. But God wants us to enjoy the wonders of him as our father, that he wants to care for us, provide for us. He wants to make us laugh. He wants to make us become the best we can be. And so God is an everlasting father that touches your life every day that you live. And I don't care how old you are. God is still your daddy. You know, when your daddy gets old... Old or way old, he's still going to be your daddy. And it doesn't matter how old we are, God is still our daddy. He's still our provider. And the devil tries to say, well, you're a man now, grow up. You don't need God, you just need to do it yourself. No, we need God. I don't care how young I am, how old I am, I need God. He's my father everlasting. Hallelujah. And finally, he's the Prince of Peace. When you look at the world around you and you look at the news, you see everything that happens. And the Bible says, mourn with those who mourn, weep with those who weep. You know, And we need to do that. But the Bible says he's the Prince of Peace. Because when we understand, when we go through life, we understand the the sorrows that grip us. We understand the the things that, that are hard to deal with. But God says in the midst of all that, he will give us a peace that passeth all understanding. I don't understand how I can have peace in this situation. But if I look to you, Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace that passeth all understanding. And the Bible says it's a peace that guards your heart and your mind. This is the peace that affects us every day that we live. These gifts that God gives us through Jesus aren't gifts of the past. These are gifts of the present, of the now, of the tomorrow, if the Lord should tarry. And so God tells us that this gift that was given to us in Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, came through him, the gifts that are wonderful, counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace, gifts that are covering us every day that we live, every breath that we breathe this isn't this isn't then this is now this is today for you and i what a precious gift that god has given given to each and every one of us and i pray that each one of us in this place today receives the precious gift of jesus christ into our lives and ask him to be your savior and your lord and that you want his wisdom and his his wonder his counsel his might his power his fatherhood over your life, and that you want his peace that passeth all understanding. And if you ask, you will receive. Hallelujah. Thank God for the gift of Jesus Christ. Amen. That gift that touches our lives and works in our lives today and forevermore. Amen.